Yo, so does technology make it easier or harder to cheat? Um, why are you asking? Wait, that's what, okay. <laughs> when I when I when I asked that, it, it came off a certain way. I'm not condoning <laughs> cheating or anything. Cheating insinuates you are che- you have a person to cheat on. Oh, okay. Oh, now we're gonna make this a sob story about you, ain't we? <laughs> uh, but to get at your question, I think it's because obviously there's hinge. There's DMs, right? Like, you can just use your phone to hit up somebody, right? Yeah. But now, for example, and the reason we bring this up, you get in the car with your girl, and your mm-hmm. car has, like, smart play, your phone will light up with wherever you've been going recently. Say, like, oh, automatically, it's going to take X amount of time to go there. If you've been going to see somebody... If you are regularly cheating, your machine-learning iPhone is keeping track. Put your phone on airplane mode whenever you do the worst cardinal sin. Or don't. Day is two two zero two zero two two. See, it would have been cooler if we recorded two days later. So it would have been two twenty two twenty two. All right, we're fucking up a lot. Well, it's episode thirty five of Hot Pocket. Um, this is Saad. This is Sherryor, and we're going to ask the real questions today. So we've always like touched upon little ethical and moral dilemmas throughout our episodes, but now. We're just going to make an entire episode of different situations and different scenarios and test our own judgment yes. within these fake scenarios. We've been grilling really. Simon. Yeah. We've been grilling people from Dear Prudence. Yeah. Now we're grilling ourselves. Yeah. We are putting, this is a litmus test of our moral compass. We might come out far worse in your eyes. You, Yeah. You guys might think, yo, these guys kind of suck. I'm laying it all out there. Like yeah. right now, I'm actually butt naked as we record. Yeah. I mean... Shares just got to hold two inches to stare at. <laughs> free, free the nipple, baby. So the first situation slash moral ethical dilemma we're going to get into is a story called The Unfaithful Friend. So I'll, I'll just read it's it. About it's about Cher starting a new podcast. <laughs> the Unfaithful Friend. You yeah. motherfucker. I am cheating on Sad. Here we go. You go out with your husband for dinner at a new restaurant that you have not frequented before. It is in a part of town you rarely visit. You are shocked to see your friend's spouse having dinner with a very young, attractive person. From the way they are behaving, it is obvious they are more than friends. The couple finish their meal and leave without seeing you. They behave very affectionately on their way to the door. What do you do? This is a friend's husband, wife that you just saw with a much younger model of the friend that you have. So, okay, I'm going to focus on that. Okay. Because the way this question is framed make mm-hmm. it seems like the spouse is old, right? And you're you you're an older couple and your mm-hmm. friends are like an older couple, yes. right? Yeah. And so the person they're dating is young, hot, yeah. tight, juicy, <laughs> wet, all right? Do I condone cheating? <laughs> no. But do you trade in your car every you, three years for a newer model? <laughs> do I better fitting seats? Do I believe in punching up your weight class? Absolutely. Mm. You're a 65 year old man, can't even retire because you don't got the savings for it. Your hairline's been receding, but you're hiding it with a really shitty uh, whatever comb over, comb over, yeah. and you're bagging um, somebody from like one of those reality TV shows, right? Like like that caliber of hot. Yeah. Okay. If I'm me and okay. I see my friend doing that. I'm not gonna say anything. Only because they're hot. No, no, no. So, okay. So here's here's the dilemma in this. The the person you see is not your friend. They're your friend's spouse. So you're seeing. Yeah. Your, no, look, my my principle stays consistent. You're if telling they were dating me. somebody average or ugly, I'm going to my friend. 
I'm like, listen, you're okay. Listen, you're telling me I got a wife. You see my wife with some tall, blonde, pastel, Sperry wearing motherfucker. No, come on, man. Sperry's no, no, no. If you're I see, telling me if you're I not gonna s- tell no, me, bro, share. If I see your wife with Henry Cavill, let God let be. I'm probably gonna be like in the corner of that room, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> come on, <Look>. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but like, really, ethically, I don't. I think this was this was this is why we chose this one first because like obviously like. If I saw your spouse with somebody, I might even confront them right there and then. No. I'd be like, you think just because this is a restaurant in the other part of town that no one visits and you're not going to see, like, you know, like your normal people, you think you can get away with this? No. I'm going to I'm gonna snap a picture and I'm going to be like, I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to snap a picture and then I'm going to hit you up and be like, yo, are you sitting down? <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> you in a good mood to talk right now? <laughs> what you up to? So I was just like, yeah, man, I was just playing video games. Where your Where your spouse at? Oh, she said, you know, she took the kids. Wait, aren't the kids upstairs? Side? <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> both of them are upstairs. Yeah, it's like maybe I'm just a bad dad. Yeah, she, which Saad, you know, Saad got duped. Maybe my maybe my wife has good reason to cheat. Then I'm just a terribly uh, not observant father uh, or yeah. husband. Okay, what if I was the one who was on a like a date? What would you do then? I honestly, as because this is like a moral ethical question, I would I, it it holds true, it holds steady. I would be reaching out to your partner. No new friends. <laughs> uh, you can't trust nobody these days. <laughs> I just <laughs> listen, man. I'm not gonna let you ruin a poor girl's life because you got horny and you wanted to fuck a 21 year old. I, listen, I wouldn't do twenty one. I would do like twenty three. I <laughs> wow. have a, I have some standards now. Okay. I need you need a year out from college. Get get some real world experience. Get some real world get, experience. M- marinate yourself into the real yeah. world. And then you, I'm gonna marinate in you. <laughs> that's look, when you're like sixty years old plus, that's what you do. You don't gyrate when you're in. You just get in and just sit there. You soak. <laughs> you, you soak in there. There's a um I've read this before. Is this I the think, Mormon thing? Yes, it's yes. the Mormon thing. Yeah, have you all heard about this? Listen, so I read this to the point where Mormons think that uh, younger Mormons, right? I've read this. I don't know how large the religious happens. belief share. Please be respectful. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm listen. I'm they, their their definition of sex and losing your virginity is thrusting has to be involved. It's not the penetration. It's just it's the thrusting. N- it's just the thrusting. And there's the thing in their pocket called. Um, Soaking, yeah, and soaking <laughs> is they, and this is this is not a two person activity. This is a three person activity. Yeah. So it's a communal it's, activity. It's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know how this got here, but <laughs> so I read that the the guy penetrates the girl, but because thrusting is against the religion, they still. stay they stay there. This is when they need like a homeboy or homegirl to be jumping on the bed. That way, that way, y'all flop into creates a movement. But you're not thrust. The motion of the ocean in that bedroom is created by the third party. Dude, that's innovation, man. I mean, that's like you know what? They're gonna be great lawyers when they grow up yeah, because yeah. they're finding loopholes. Yeah, we found, found a, they found a loophole and they soaked and they, the loophole and they exploited the loophole. <laughs> I hope it works for them. But honestly, when I heard, when I read that, it blew my mind. You wouldn't do that with me. If we were Mormons and I was like, no, no, nah, nah, put aside the more like, just <laughs> I'm as, not like trying to be in the same as, room. As like friends, like you're you're you have a wonderful date, and you <laughs> enter and you're on a bed, and I'm just like, hey, buddy, you want to jump just, around the bed? No, 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 no. I'm jumping on the bed. You're entering and sitting there, just chilling. Uh, listen, if I was in that predicament and I've, if I was in those beliefs and I really wanted to do this, I'd and I was obviously no, this no, is no, like extremely no, no, horny don't, people. Don't don't you do this bullshit. I'm talking about Sharia Me, Hussein, per- the Muslim. The Muslim? Nah. I'm not I'm not I'm not asking no one for help. I know what I'm doing. Man, this is this is what's wrong with this generation. <laughs> Y'all only look out for yourselves. 
Y'all don't know how to build new relationships or, or community bonds. This this is why the Mormon <laughs> community is so fucking tight. <laughs> they, they, they be having the most wet ass trampoline possible. It's just soaking up everywhere. The, the, the parents come over <laughs> <on laughs> like, "Hey, honey, did it rain today? The trampoline seems yeah. all wet." <laughs> it's like, um, okay, enough about Mormon soaking. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> let, let me add another question. Okay. In regards to the unfaithful friend. Okay. What if you tail them back to wherever they're going to go, the Motel 6 or Holiday Inn? I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, right? right? And somehow you, you follow them and you post up and examine. And so then they're there? The person's Then there. they're there. They're in. They're doing it. He enters. And the wife is jumping. And then his <laughs> wife is... Helping them soak. This is this is a Mormon soaking party. This is a Mormon soaking party. It is yep. no longer infidelity. Yeah, because I guess I guess the 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 little mix up in this is that they like the article did say like you don't know if they're in an open relationship, oh. you know. So you like so, so maybe this isn't like her best friend because if that's her best friend like you would know. But this is just like a good friend and they they're acquaintances and they they know each other, but. Would you go up to them risking your friendship? And what if they're like in a in a open relationship and this is something that they've already decided and talked about? So it's like it's kind of it's more so are you stepping out of are you stepping over this boundary? Yeah. And risking your friendship and being like, hey, like I saw this. But how often are people really in open relationships? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my. Oh yeah, I saw this funny ass uh, tweet thread <laughs> where it was um somebody explaining how to ask somebody if they no literally this actually how to ask people if they're in an open relationship and it's like hey, do you want to go back like, to my do place? you need to do that like legitimately yeah. i don't even think you need to do that like some things are just okay to Left, like let uh, people yeah. handle it on themselves and you don't need to fucking know every single thing yeah this like i understand destigmatization of, of a lot of stuff but now people have kind of turned it into like I need to know everybody needs to know everything about you and be like oh I'm super yeah. uh, supportive of you like just don't fucking tell people yeah. that stuff. You know what I also think is like complete bullshit hmm. is like those free spirited people like oh I have like multiple lovers because I'm free spirited and my spirit bonds with other people. It's like yo you're a I I truly do believe that humans are meant to be monogamous creatures even though like the male genes are like I'm trying to you know, pass off my offspring and impregnate and procreate as much as I can because that's what you see in the biological world out there. But like humans, I I think we're meant to be you know, monogamous. You know, what, you know what my theory about that is? What? And by theory, I mean I just came up with this <laughs> in my head now because like the male impulse is to uh, create like offspring, right? Mm -hmm. If you're horny and you're cheating and you have kids and all that and a wife, you know what that means? None of your heirs are suitable. Ooh. You haven't had a good son or daughter yet. You haven't had the one that you want. I see. I think so. Kids, here's the thing: if you're <laughs> if you know your dad's cheated or or is cheating, you're not a good kid. You you're not what he wanted. How's your son, by the way? You get a nice meal at, like at a family party, mm -hmm. and then there's a kid. <laughs> the child sees your fucking plate, sees right. like these crispy ass French fries, and they're like. Oh wow! I really like French fries. Yeah. Mm. Shut the fuck up! I know you do. Those are good. If you want, <laughs> my, my mom, mom never gets me those. Yeah, yeah probably because you're fucking annoying, you loser. Yeah. If you want them, just ask me. Don't do this passive aggressive bullshit. They just look at you and they're like, "That's good, ain't it?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is, bitch. I'm gonna look at you. And when, when, it, when it comes to those kids, bro, like I've had like milkshakes and they're like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, you're. It's spicy. You're not gonna like it." <laughs> 
you're like, you're not gonna like it. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they just see Oreo and they see me here. enjoying it, and they're like, mm, something fishy about this character. <laughs> I don't know. This is for uh, this is for my gadget bypass. Don't, don't, don't worry. <laughs> like they know what that is. Number two, and this one's uh this one's a doozy as well. This one's fucking ridiculous. The title is Midnight Death. So I mean, this one's kind of longer, but the synopsis is that you have a family business. You know, your dad has worked for ages and decades to build this business up to what it's what it is, and you're as the son, as the heir of the throne, you've taken over this business, but. The past few years, the other businesses in your town have kind of cut into your shares, right? And it's you. the past few years, you guys have scraped by. Here's the ethical dilemma in this. Your dad is sick. And your dad has a very hefty life insurance policy that is set to expire at midnight tonight. Okay? <laughs> so, and, and it's hefty enough for you to always... You to pursue the job that you always wanted to do and also like get your, get your business back on its feet and set your family up for the rest of your life. Do you? <laughs> and this is this is verbatim what this article says. Do you pinch your dad's oxygen tank <laughs> so, he, so he asphyxiates and dies? Or do you talk with your dad and like and go with what he says? Or smother him with a pillow. Or, yeah. or just it, just take it, it direct action. Pinch the, pinch the oxygen tube or smother your father with a pillow. <laughs> Are you going to kill your father, yeah. who has health problems, clearly, Yes. to keep you and your family not just afloat, but, but like, very secure? Yeah. We're talking about like $5 million health insurance policy. Back to what I said before. This is why fathers be cheating. <laughs> uh, 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 fathers can sniff out a, a son's a murderous offspring. intent from like... Miles away, mm-hmm. a good son would never entertain this idea. They're like, "I will be the backbone of the family as long as it takes." Me, a coward, a weakling. I'm, I'm getting the pillow. You know what? This, this, this son. The people who, the people who would choose to kill their dad and like take the money, um, they just don't have the hustle mindset. Because if it, oh. if it was up to me, shit, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't even ask for nothing. If I want, I'd, you know, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet. It was like, it was like. Man, I wouldn't even want to win like a two hundred fifty. If I, if he was like the dude was like, if I had a two hundred fifty million dollar lottery, I'd give it to my biggest hater because if when he has two hundred million, I'm gonna work as hard and get more money. And it's like, <laughs> yes. That that's my mentality in this. You know, before you start off on your thoughts on this, I actually think that this is a good one because like in America, in the Western world, how they think and they because it's so individualistic, right? I actually think there many people go through this. You think many people? I would- think many people go through this. Like they're just kind of waiting on their parents to croak because they're like health insurance, their big ass house, their house in this other place, and like all the wealth is going to come right down to us. So they're like oh, just oh, waiting on their parents. I, to- I, I, okay, so I don't disagree with that, but I think that's different, though, right? Because you said waiting to croak. These these cowards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They want to do this the entire time, but like they don't have the fucking balls to kill their dad. Yeah. But then they'll be like a complete asshole to their siblings and their mom, right. grandkids. Uh, the fucking what was the movie? Knives Out. Knife, dude, I just literally thought of that. Literally Knives Out. It's like they're all super kind. They're like, oh, we just, oh, dad's gonna pass, but everything. And they're like, all right, we want the will. Are you fucking beaner lady? Like, where's our <laughs> fucking like hand it over? Right. That was a good movie. That was a very satisfying end. I. Let me try to sympathize with the person who's going to kill their dad. <laughs> Let me just get in the mindset of the devil for a second. I, I got a warrant that today. Because <laughs> you ask anybody this, nobody's going to cop to this. Yeah. Nobody's going to like unironically cop to this and be sincere about this. Yeah. But 
if you're struggling, if your family's struggling, like really struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And your dad is also because the way this is set up, like the, the dad's kind of the breadwinner, yeah. And and the uh, life insurance policy, yeah, life insurance policy is coming through, or like it can come through mm-hmm. if you take that action soon. I don't condone doing it, but I could understand somebody like entertaining the idea if it's like literally a question of my family could go homeless, mm-hmm. and you know that you're. I mean, it's fucked up to think about. Like, I'm part. I'm doing this as like a devil's advocate. Yeah, thing, like, but I'm also this, this like is a thought exercise. We're yeah, not- this is a yeah, We're stretching our brains for a second yeah. here. Obviously, a lot of this is also contingent on your relationship with your dad too. If you hate- say say it's a good relationship, oh yeah. It's a good relationship, and this is literally that, this is why it is an ethical dilemma. Because like you're trying to get into the mindset of the person who is really struggling and maybe doesn't believe in themselves to the extent to like, hey, I can't pull out of this. I can't like if this if I don't get this money, like this is gonna be very tough. You watch anime, yeah. There's a common trope in anime where like the the rival character or one of the villains mm-hmm. is super obsessed with fighting the hero, right? Yeah. Because it's like you're the only worthy challenge. Yeah. And if I'm going to lose it's going I'm going to lose to you, mm-hmm. right? So if you have a good relationship with your father, what if it's like that? You have such a good relationship like if somebody's going to kill me. Right. I want it to be you, son. Okay. I mean, so so that's the second part of this, right? Where it's like see what your dad has to say yeah. about what it. What if he agrees to this? Yeah, what if your dad's like cuz like euthanasia is also like that's that's actually another really good thing we probably should have talked about. Um the the ethicalness and the morality of somebody deciding to, that they don't want to live anymore. Yeah, is that possible? Are they sick in the head? I the- I think people need to be way more pro euthanasia. I I li- li- like I understand why it's difficult. I understand yeah. why it's hard. But goddamn, I've seen so many of these old people and yeah. the lives they live. It's like you're not living. Yeah. No. See, here's the thing. I think if it comes down to it, the decision should sit with the person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it because I do think that is linked to suicide, right? And obviously, religiously speaking, suicide is not condoned, and it's not the you're not supposed to do that because I think, life is sacred. I, I think that's one of those areas where like it is a little short because it's not like it, it never accounted for stuff like this where people were living so frankly kind of way past like naturally what they should have been should, able yeah. to. Yeah, and so it's like yeah. I mean, I personally. Mm-hmm. I honestly, like, unless I'm, like, a fit 90-year-old, like, I can still do everything by myself, yeah. I don't want to be that old. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't. I genuinely, I, I mean, I don't, should I knock on wood? I don't know. But, like, I don't think I want to be, like, I don't want to be in a diaper again in my life. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to make a full circle. I don't. I don't want to bookend my life. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a burden on my kids at that point either, where our kids are trying to live their lives, and I'm like, son, can you help me take a shit? And you know what old people do when they get old? They get super horny. They... Well, that's it. Well, you have to be in a retirement home for that. But they see <laughs> you eating, and they start thinking, "Oh, well, back in the day, I used to really like those things too." <laughs> it's like you no, bookend back to being an annoying ass kid, right? Like that, you cannot stomach this burger. And right that's now. <laughs> yeah, you will literally shit through. Right. I will. I will not tolerate that. Yeah. Okay, back to the dilemma. I honestly like. I would not do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. It could be like an exuberant amount of money. I just would not kill my father for that money. It doesn't matter if it's billions. If it's a random person and the person is like, hey, like, I have this life insurance policy. I have no kids. Um, you've been really good to me. I'm going to put your name down on it. But you got to do the final blow. Yeah, I would do it. Okay, okay. Let's let's spice it up a little bit. Let's okay. rank it up. So it's not just cut my oxygen tank and sign off on it. No, no, no. You have to, like, kill me. You have to, like, I don't you think... have to murder me. <laughs> and you, all you have is your hands. You don't even have a gun. You just got to choke me out. 
or and the guys like dead. asking for it, and they're they're saying like, I want you to do this, but I want to die a warrior's death. I want to go to Valhalla. It's my Give Nordic my ancestors. Axe. By the way, this is like a, a moron who has like a Greek statue for a profile picture. <laughs> He's an idiot, but he means right, well, right? right? right. He's like Sherry R. Hussein. <laughs> I will give you $3 million a month through my life. And this is an incredible life insurance policy. Bro. But I need you to, like, rip out my heart with your hands and then eat it. Now, dude, I want to kill, like, a white guy. I'm joking about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to, what ev- to what end, though? Because... For three million dollars a month, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, listen, but listen, listen. Then you have, then you get to, then you get the judgment day, right? And they're standing in front of Allah. And Allah you got all your good deeds, but you got this one badass motherfucking <laughs> deed that you took somebody's real life. Real bad deed. And then the, you're just spending all of eternity in hell for that, right? But he asked so, for it. I, you know, I don't know the 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 and, stipulation on this in the Quran, but I need I a just, sheikh in here to tell I, me. Yeah, we, we, you know what? The first, first guess, guess it should be, be like an imam. It's gonna be, be Mufti Meg. <laughs> So our third story is actually titled Third Strike. You got a young teenager, rowdy boy or female girl, um, who's one, gotten in trouble, right? She did a petty theft or he did petty theft and got in trouble, but it was just a misdemeanor because the, the value didn't amount to anything, right? They sold a lot of sandwiches from Agupan, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> that we have also done. Um, and then... They're like, okay, like, you know, my bad, I messed up. And then they get in trouble again for smoking weed and they got in trouble at school. You got a whole call with the principal and all this stuff happened, right? Like, they're, you're, you realize that your child is not on the right path. And you've told them, like, hey, we need to turn this around. And they do start to turn around, right? They're, they're, being, they're getting good grades. They're being good kids and student and whatnot. And then one night, you get a call from your local police department. Hey, your kid, along with this group of kids, snuck into a liquor store and ravaged around and stole some things. Do you, as a parent, go there and figure out a way to get your kid off scotch-free, nothing happened to him, don't give a fuck about the other kids, and you're, because you have, and, and this is to say you also have the means to be like, you know what, I'm just going to pay it, nothing's going to go on his record, we're going to bribe the judge or something along those lines, or... Do you let your child experience the consequences of their action? Whether it be go to trial because they broke in, that's all, that's robbery, that's burglary, and possibly face jail time. And like, you know, get on their record. And your kid is over 18, so real record. Okay, so father side, yeah. on the phone with the cops. I said, thank you, Officer Oinkerton. I'll be at the fake <laughs> pen right away. I head over there. I have a cricket bat. I pay off. I do everything I need to do because at the end of the day, that's my son. Mm-hmm. My wife would not be happy if I like let him like really have it. Also, it would not sit well with me. Right. So thank you, officer. Here's a little extra. I need you to turn away for like 20 minutes. Young man, young lady, come over here. All right, your friends. Well, all of you, look, look here. Look, look, look at me. Thank you. <laughs> I almost look. <laughs> I take that bat. Your record's clean. Well, your kidney's full of blood right now. <laughs> you might die now. You might die right now. You won't die. I'll make sure you right. won't die. But never hang out with these morons again. Because yeah. in this scenario, and, and I'm being biased because this is my prospective kid, mm-hmm. but the fact that they're like with other kids who are going to liquor store makes you think like, oh, you're being stupid because you're it's getting the group. peer pressure yeah. shit. Yeah. Right? Like if you've been turning your life around slowly but surely, you know, when you're 18, I don't want to hold too much against you. Right. I'll do what I need to do to get you out because it might feel good to say, oh, like you need to learn a fucking lesson. Mm-hmm. 
But that lesson is going to have ramifications for the rest of your life mm. where it's going to become significantly hard to actually turn around after that. Right. Like, you could get approved for a job. And they, fi- they find And they do record. a background check. And because I didn't do anything, it's like, oh, you made the effort to turn around, but nothing's going your way. Yeah. I don't want to put my kid in that situation. Yeah. No, I think, I think I tend to agree with that sentiment because that is my child. You know what I mean? I want him to do the best or her to do the best. And as a, as a parent, I think that is your duty yes. to no matter what happens, you have to protect your kid. I birthed you. Yeah. So, well, my <laughs> wife birthed you. I was there for five minutes. <laughs> but two. The shit that I would do afterwards oh, Lord. would be, I think, much more intense than what would ha- what would happen if they went to prison. For- you wish you got raped in prison by Big yeah. Bob. <laughs> no, like I genuinely like they'd be on house arrest pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like I would take away any form, and I know like maybe I'll have maybe maybe I will read more parenting books when this when this situation <laughs> arises. Maybe I'll be a better parent by then. But I honestly would like you know negative reinforcement is like all right, bro. I'm taking stuff away from you. Like you, I would do my best to help them understand the situation that they just got out of. And as an 18 year old, you just don't have the worldly view to, to comprehend those things. Right. Like me and you were sitting here and saying like, yeah, 25, you go get a job comes back. Hey, we we actually, we're going to rescind our offer because you have this petty theft liquor store burglary at 18. Even if I tell him that I don't think he would fully comprehend that. So, I guess this is why they call ethical dilemmas because maybe they will learn their lesson if it's a you know if it's like a misdemeanor charge like whatever they get to spend like a week in jail or some shit. I don't think I no I still don't think I would let my kid go to jail. Like I don't think no. I could do that. Because here's the thing: they could they could learn the lesson. However you quantify right. that, they could actually learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. The learning of the lesson is not as important as like what happens after that. Yeah, they might know. And then completely change their behavior after the fact. But society is never going to let them move past that. Right. If I let it go past that point of no return. Yeah. And as your pa- as a parent, I think it's your job to not like if you have the means, if you're if it's in your uh, capability, don't let it get that yeah. far. And well, when you were saying your piece on this, what I started thinking about was if you have the means to just like bribe a judge or bribe people. Why not let your kid go through their consequences? Because obviously you're well off enough and you have the stature enough to not let that record uh, like affect your kid. I mean, it happens all the fucking time oh, yeah, with yeah, billionaires, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like politicians and their kids are assholes doing coke like off strippers asses yeah. and shit. And well, they, let, let's speak to the non-billionaires for a second. Okay, yeah. yeah. More, yeah billionaires Do like, we have billionaires listening to our podcast? I doubt it. If, if it okay, look, if if you are... Send We're me thousand dollars in my Venmo. We are taking, dude. You're talking to a billionaire. Because this is a drop in a bucket, so I don't want to like intimidate them. Okay. Just send me like a thousand, just to make sure that you're a billionaire. If I say a million, they're gonna scare them off. Simon's coming. Simon's <laughs> coming for it. Simon's gonna be like, "Here's a thousand. By the way, can I have five back? I need five thousand dick <laughs> and open another credit card." Yeah. But yeah, I, you know that's that is a tough situation to be in as a parent, but. What What do you think are the um, <clears throat> like good reasons to take the other stance though? To like let, let them, your kid just like fuck up their life. Okay, so I mean, okay, like, like, what's, what's the elements of like? Oh, this kind of like makes me want to take that side because I think I think that's the biggest lesson of. Obviously, we have had this talk with this child before about you. This can negatively affect your life. You have to stop hanging out with these people. Don't walk down this mm-hmm. path. They don't listen, 
and now they have to you know you reap what you sow like that's that's what you have to do and like is it fair to other people who can't afford to get out you know what i mean that's that that's how the world works it's some people are can afford to just bail out or other people can they have to suffer the ramifications so for them to have a better worldly view it's it's kind of okay let's let's dumb this down a little bit right you tell your kid hey don't touch that it's hot right but it's not like scorching hot you're not like they're not gonna they're gonna burn themselves they're gonna cry but it's not gonna like really like burn their hand or anything and you see them going towards it again after you've continuously told them hey don't touch that and this is not like a toddler or anything this is like a 15 16 year old child like has like enough acumen to understand that shit if i saw my son or daughter to continue going out what you would turn it up crank it up (laughs) no i wouldn't crank it up i'd be like all right you know what let them touch it and they're gonna freaking cry and be like you know what dad was right bro imagine somebody did that (laughs) you see the kid just like like they're okay they're little like three years old they're looking at the stove they see like it's like an electric (laughs) one it kind of glows red and like Oh, red, and they're like red, and there's move, but they don't like know if they're gonna touch it, and like the closer they get, I'm like, dude, I fucking, I fucking do it. <laughs> okay, a three year old though, that's, three year old, that's kind of come on, that's you're, you're getting come real on. close to like, come child on. you're gonna abuse. be, you're gonna be a fucking junkie. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> fine. No, see that. So sometimes it is good to just allow your kid to, or just like a friend or whatever it is, you have to reap what you sow, especially, especially if this is your third offense. You have to go through bad days to see the good days and like appreciate the good days. So if you can see that firsthand, why not? I'll just go to prison with my kid. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll rape, rape somebody else and be like, listen. You're like, this is how you become a big dog. This is how you become a big dog. <laughs> Follow me, son. Yeah. But then you don't want your kid to get inst- institutionalized because then they all they know is prison world. and. I, but you know what? Free health care. Listen, brother. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> free housing. <laughs> free. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so our last uh, moral dilemma, ethical dilemma of the day is, so this is a two-car crash, right? You and another car crashed, but you're on your way to work one morning, and you hit and kill a pedestrian, but there's two cars that crashed, you and another car. You get out the car, and you see the pedestrian, and they're clearly dead. They're not moving, not breathing. You just killed somebody, right? And the other driver comes out of the car, and he or she is like, crying and like extremely distraught not because they just got in a car accident but because they think they killed the person somehow they think that they hit the pedestrian and killed them and they're distraught and there's no one else zero road like there's zero cars on the road no cameras no nothing it is just you and this person who thinks they killed the pedestrian what do you do do you go along with it because you're looking at homicide or manslaughter, right? Not homicide, manslaughter. Uh, yeah, manslaughter. Hey, manslaughter. And let the other person just take it? Or do you, you know, be in, have a good moral compass and be like, you didn't do this. I did it. Let's just call the police and see what, what happens. Or do you say, we simultaneously hit this person, so we share the blame? <laughs> Here's a tip for life. Mm-hmm. Work on your poker face. Okay, <laughs> look, listen here. You ever in this situation, this kind of an entanglement, both of the drivers who are still alive come out. It's a race. It's a race to see who breaks first. (laughs) Right? This other person chose poorly, showed poor resilience Mm -hmm. by immediately conceding. 
Right. By immediately assuming. Right. Oh no! I I killed them all. I would. You had ten seconds. I was going to break down in eleven seconds and be like, I can't fucking believe I did. Right. You gave up too quickly. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. You got out and you're like, holy shit! And then they're like, oh my god, I just killed somebody. And you're like, wait a second. (laughs) If you just waited like a little bit longer, I would have fucked up. Yeah. Your L is not my L. I am now going to gaslight the fuck out of you and say, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to make up some shit like, oh, yeah, the, the, the tread on your tires looks pretty fucked up. Like, you probably didn't even, like, have much good control. You haven't been. Do, do you, you wear glasses? Did you, Did you wear them this morning? Like, do, have you been drinking? Right. Like, I'm just going to start. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But maybe there's something in that pasta sauce. I, 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 don't, I don't fucking know. I, listen, these scenarios are a fight for the strongest. Okay. I know what we were saying before about like, oh, people are too individual, don't care about the community. <laughs> I'm changing. Like in these instances, I don't want that manslaughter charge. Okay. Fuck that other person. <laughs> See, that other person, if this is like the scenario, the other person by definition is a much, much better human yes, than, and the, I'm taking than you. Yeah. Than you would be in that situation, right? there, Because they're like, they're more concerned about the fact that they just killed somebody rather than what's about to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And if if I was in that situation, I would be obviously I wouldn't want a manslaughter charge and like have something, you know, detrimental against my life. But at the end of the day, I just hit somebody. I killed somebody and I'm not going to sit here and let somebody else take the charge for that. That's a double negative on my side. You know, two left stone. Well, in the dean, not the dunya. Just the Dean. Well, exa- okay, yeah, so exactly, right? Yeah. That's why it's Dean over Dunya, my brother. Because, <laughs> like, genuinely, if I was across the situation, obviously I don't want a homicide charge, but I'm way too much of a spiritual and religious person to be like, I can't let this... I, I, I genuinely would not be able to let that go. Because how would you sleep at night, you know? Because, like, it's fine, you killed somebody, but the what would keep me up is the Akhira. Like, holy shit, like, I, I'm living... I'm out, out, out of prison for... 10 years in, in this world, but in that world, I'm fucked. Listen, so I'm, I'm glad you have, I'm glad you're a regular old Mother Teresa, right? Listen, this when, is, I, when I step out the car and I see this person having like a hysterical fit, I'm taking out my phone and recording. Like, like, oh my God. Oh my God, you killed him! What the fuck? But like their car's like not dented, your car's but not your hood is like I'm fucked just, up. Like, clearly moving the shot away from my fucking car. No, but like seriously, like that, that's, that's... Okay, let, let me be like... Yeah, I, I, know you're, I know you're joking around, but like... I would... No, I that's would... That's a good dichotomy, I think. I would cop to it. Like, for one, because like the evidence would show up. Like people would... Like, a, like someone would assess like, okay, how this happened... You know, police would come and assess a crime scene. They're gonna see the fucking dent. Like I can't get out of it, no matter what. Anyways, right. so like I wouldn't. Like that's stupid. That's like a, a a thing you think you could get away with, but the second the cops show up, it's like fuck. So as much as I would like to, because I don't I don't gaslight at all. I've never really done that. <laughs> I'm a good person. Okay. You know, if I have an opportunity to do what I want to do, it big, right? Like if I'm gonna play, like if I'm a. <laughs> If I'm the first NBA game I go to, I'm not going to say it like in the fucking and the car. Bleeds. No, no, I'm sitting like right by the bleachers. Oh, yeah. Right? Do you do it? You do it big. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm ruining one. this person's life. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, you know, another another reason why I would like, you know, own up to it is because that person. So there's like this. What, what is this? What is the legal term for this? It's like an accepted risk that you take when you cross the road or like when you're jaywalking. Right. It's or when you're driving through. Or when you're walking through like construction, I think it's literally like, accepted risk. Accepted risk, right? I might actually just be accepted risk. Yeah, where it's you being outside 
or going through a construction site without a hard hat or whatever, you are accepting some risk with that. Mm -hmm. You crossing the road there illegally, you know, you're being negligent in that situation and you're accepting the risk of maybe getting hit by a car or like having some fall in your head. So maybe, as we've seen many, many times before, there are a tremendous amount of loopholes in the legal system. And if you are a perfect, you know, you have no nothing on your record. This is why we got to keep our kids' kids record clean because they might end up in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, wait, this kid also, like, ro- you know, robbed a store and shit. Then you're fucked. But if you're clean, I do think there will be leniency within the law. I think that would be a funny way to justify, like, any shitty action towards another person you know you've su- you've assumed the risk by like dating me or something no, <laughs> like, no, exactly right? people do think like Be- that. people like will literally say shit like that which yeah. it, it which is horrific yeah. but it, we've it's like very funny to actually hear them like say that yeah but it, honestly here, here here's here's like a perfect example of the assumed risk um accepted risk whatever the term is right because i just saw this video yesterday a white man saying the n-word to a black man you do that my man you are accepting the risk of getting fucked up because everyone that i when that video happened and he smacked the shit out of this old white man everyone was like yeah he deserved it you know like the whole the whole the whole restaurant was like yeah i mean they, they, after like the fourth smack like he got like people's like started getting because he was like fucking this kid up or this old man up but um yeah that's you accept that risk man if you're a person of color and you date a white person, mm-hmm. you assume some level of risk of being fetishized. Yes. Or being called a slur by someone in their family saying some shit. Yes. And I have no sympathy, sympathy for, for you if you, no. like, complain about it. No. You know what? No. I, you know what? Like, because we hit all the topics. I want to talk about this for a second, right? Let's, let's get it. This is Black History it. Month, and but this ha- this has application towards, like, other groups. Right. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been a shit ton of articles in, like, major publications about... Like, usually, in in this case, black women talking about dating white people. Mm-hmm. And they do it because it's like they hate their blackness and they they hate being black. Mm-hmm. So they date white people. But then they're like, oh, now that I'm in like my 30s, I want to start dating other black people to, like, love my blackness again. What the fuck is up with people of color in America actively seeking out white people, clearly knowing how white people are? Yeah. And then getting, like, shocked and surprised about, like, the fucking shit you hear. Yeah. And the way you feel, how that you're kind of isolated from your culture or whatever, right? Mm. Which is not to say that, like, you don't, don't like, date who you want. Love who you want. Everyone's very different. Some, right. some people just don't care, right? But if you're somebody who does care about that stuff, you have to assume, you literally do have to assume that risk. Yeah. We're talking about large numbers of population, right? So within those populations, there's always deviants. And there's always, like, little pockets of people who genuinely are like you know what i don't like my name i don't like yeah I, like like the thought of them being brown or being associated with muslim or pakistani people like rubs them the wrong way yeah. so they run away from it you're a little ashamed of it yeah you're like a little ashamed of it you don't want it so you do everything the opposite way you date brad you date bradford williamson willington the third oh damn and, yeah the, the whitest one you can get Chadsworth. Yeah, and then you get fucking, you know, you're like, in, and this is not like, in my head, these are not like young people either, where they're like, they don't know any better. These are like 25, 26 year old. Yeah. yeah. You you should have more sense. And then they get to in their 30s and they're like, oh, wait, I kind of liked my culture. Like, now my kid, like, he can't even say briani or he can't even say, like, any, like, they don't know anything. 
yeah, I have no sympathy for those people either. Because you actively chose to lose, leave that part and make decisions and walk a pathway that that was, that was what was going to happen if you were on the pathway. So, again, you reap what you sow. Like, that's that's yeah. what happens. The chicken's coming home with a roost. Yeah. Who, who said that? Michael Max. <laughs> <laughs> who was Michael Max's teacher? Elijah Muhammad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's like this phenomenon where... People just want that proximity to whiteness. Yes. They want all the benefits, like the material benefits of being white. Yeah. Like the property owner and like you're rich mm-hmm. and all that shit. But you also like, because you're like, your skin tone's different, your hair's different. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get away from that. Yeah. You, you just don't, it doesn't occur to you that like, oh, there's repercussions for this. Yeah. They're going to be weird about it. They're yeah. going to be X, Y, and Z. And this is also a thing I've been seeing with, because um, the Olympics right now are in china uh-huh they got all the fucking asian american writers out right now oh, talking yeah. about this shit they're like yeah. i'm too chinese for Chi- america but i'm too american for chinese and it's like this is like the biggest problem in everyone's lives like why don't you just like being whatever in yeah. america you can do that yeah but you, you you chose this path in order to like climb up a ladder mm-hmm. and that's the thing that they never say Yep. You can do both. And you I think can do well for yourself while also staying true to your roots. Yeah. And I think a lot of diverse communities do do that, but there are pockets of people like you just said. And then they end up feeling this way and partially they're feeling that way because they know they can write about it and get their stories out. That's right. Yeah, that's also the thing. It's like it's it's like a market within itself. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, you know what? Like I'm to this for this person, but I'm to that for that person. And where where do I go? Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're writing it's, about you're it. You're literally what you, what's, yeah. what's you're you're writing in like New York Times about it. What the f- like? You think you're like, yeah. oh, I'm too I'm too Chinese for, or yeah. I'm too Pakistani, I'm too Indian for America. You have like a like a major job yeah. and like a major publication of a huge social media outlet. What the fuck? And are then you you're writing about? now. You're making a story about that. That's also just gonna keep pushing yeah. your name. I mean, listen, do you for your for your success and your your you know professional life but just know how it comes off you never see it do we have any any words of advice wisdom thoughts that we would like to cap off this episode with when it comes to morality i think having a having feeling good inside and like keeping things objective right rather than thinking about things in relative terms or being like very subjective about a topic because you think that way or you feel a certain way true knowledge is really taking the subjective self but using that wisdom to also look at the objective truth of the world true intelligence is realizing what's the objective world not the subjective See the world as it is, not the way you want to see exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I'm gonna eat some Bria tacos. That's what I gotta say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out I, my I sister. should wait a little. Yeah. Shout out to Honey. Yeah. Okay. Bria tacos are incredibly overrated. Generally. Generally. Right. Like I think okay. I've always thought they were like very overrated. Mm-hmm. I've had them a couple times. They're just greasy and cheesy. Yeah. I think it just makes way more sense to get a regular corn tortilla taco or or flour tortilla. Yeah. Just with like good chicken, onions. Like it just tastes so much better and it's not like greasy. Mm -hmm. Cher comes over, Mm -hmm. brings me burrito tacos that his sister made yesterday. Spent all day like marinating the meat and all that stuff. I'm a changed man. (laughs) Them joints had like the perfect amount of extra flavor and oomph from the grease. 
They're perfect. But not too not too spicy. Yeah. There's three more waiting for me downstairs. How should I warm them up? I mean, you can throw them on the stove and like kind of make it like warm and crispy, so the tortilla still yeah, stays crispy. You can do that. do that because if you put them in the uh, oh, no, the microwave, microwave. No, yeah, it'll, it'll make it soggy. So, but there's one thing I realized about burrito tacos because this is I've only had burrito tacos like once Nahari. before, right? It is nahari. It is bro. literally nahari, and that's why I love them so much. Right, nahari because is nahari is my favorite dish. Nahari halim or pulao is my favorite dishes in Pakistani food, and the meat. It's literally just nahari with like maybe like chipotle peppers yeah. and like other no, little it's literally peppers. Nahari. Dude, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 the best mix of you know what? Now I'm gonna go find a Latin girl so we can I can bring my nahari to her tortillas and we can have a burrito taco baby because that would be the perfect that's that is literally a perfect mix. Wait, did you say you're gonna bring your nahari meat to her tortilla? That's that's fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. You're gonna soak her nahari in her tortilla. <laughs> And we're going to have a burrito taco, baby. And I'll be right there making a burrito. <laughs> yeah, because I honestly think burrito taco is like a perfect mix of like... It is. Pakistani food and Mexican food. I wonder where they got... I mean, I'm sure like the, the idea is universal. No, no, no. Tacos, tacos specifically, mm-hmm. is the, the Latin world learned how to make the meat. Because if you look at the like authentic tacos, how they're made... They're made on the oh, skewer. Oh, the gyro thing? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's the shawarma. It's the, and they learned that from like travelers and i don't know if like the arab world ever like conquested the latin america i know they did spain but well, the that would have come over yeah because of the moors that's how yeah, that, yeah that's how they that's where it comes from because latin so, america is like it's latin because of the spanish influence from spain and before spain got to yeah. latin america the muslims took and over and there's that there's that castle in granada and in, in spain that's mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful and like geo geometrically like there's like a, there are a, there's like hallways and like fountains aligned with the stars, dude. It's the coolest fucking thing. Anthony Bourdain showed that to me. So I uh, I actually went there when I was little. Get the, I think we had this conversation. We had this, but I was like, I don't know why my parents took me there because I was like five years old. Yeah. I, I was, I'm not gonna. I was chasing after a cat. <laughs> so I was looking at the birds, bro. I was like looking look- at the 500 year yeah. old geometrically shaped fountain that aligns with the constellations. I, I saw some Spanish man eating a paella, and I was like, "Oh, I really want that. I would really like that." <laughs> My mom makes me that. My sometimes. mom makes me that all the time. <laughs> that's a that's a great way to cap off episode 35 of Hot Pocket. Um, like. Comment, comment, share, rate, subscribe. subscribe, share. Shout out to the people who talk to us and engage with us. You know who you are. We love y'all. Yes, we, uh, we might did. reach out to y'all for a topic for next episode. Yeah, I already did. Would you? Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, whatever. We'll we'll reach out more. Bye, everybody. See ya. <laughs>